This podcast is hosted by Dr. Happymon Jacob. Dr. Jacob is an associate professor of security studies at Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi. His weekly column on India's national security and foreign policy issues is published by The Hindu. He is also the author of two new books on India-Pakistan border: Line on Fire by Oxford University Press and Line of Control by Penguin India. Hello and welcome to the National Security Conversation. In early September, the German government released its first ever policy guidelines for the Indo-Pacific region. The documents begin by stating, and I quote, with the rise of Asia, the political and economic balance is increasingly shifting towards the Indo-Pacific region. The region is becoming the key to shaping the international order in the 21st century. It further reads as an internationally active trading nation and proponent of a rules based international order germany has a great interest in participating in asia's growth dynamics and in being involved in shaping the indo pacific region as well as in upholding global norms in regional structures while discussing the rules based order in the region the document says that germany is prepared to promote the enforcement of rules and norms in the region The document also states that the federal government will work to strengthen the human rights situation in countries of the Indo-Pacific region and to enforce international human rights standards. China is widely regarded as the country that is not very keen on abiding by global norms and laws when it comes to the Indo-Pacific. So is this document aimed at China? This important document from Berlin also comes at a crucial time in global politics. In 2019 the French government came out with its first strategy document for the Indo-Pacific. In July this year Germany assumed the presidency of the European Union and from an Indian point of view this couldn't have come at a better time right in the middle of the India China military standoff on the line of actual control. Perhaps sending a message to Beijing to discuss Germany's policy guidelines for the Indo-Pacific I have with me ambassador Walter Lindner the German ambassador to India prior to his appointment in India he was state secretary of the federal foreign office in Berlin ambassador Lindner uh, welcome to the national security conversation it's a, it's a great pleasure delighted to have you on the show thank you happy world it's good to be on the show again Uh, you know we we are going to talk about the uh, german government's new policy guidelines um, on the indo pacific what what sort of explains the timing and context of these policy guidelines you know this actually um, comes in the wake of the french strategy for indo pacific um, in 2019 um, and this this also comes uh, 2 months after berlin uh, you know um, assumes the presidency of uh, the um, european union Uh, and and gladdening hearts in delhi this also comes in the midst of the uh, sino indian standoff on the line of actual control so what's the big story here ambassador yeah well i i, I can imagine you like a big story <laughs> if you put it together like this it looks like okay this is just right in time you know i i, I was foreign secretary before i came so i had quite an overview what we do in the foreign ministry and and of course we had a strategy towards africa towards latin america the middle east and other things not so much to the far east or especially now to the indo pacific 
So this was in the making already, but it was sort of building up, let me say. Building up in the sense of the importance of the region has become more obvious and, and more palpable, more clear for several reasons. Of course, the, the, the COVID uh, pandemic has made it clear for all of us how we depend on each other, how we depend on the flow of goods, but also on medicine and how we depend, we are dependent sometimes too much on just one country. So it's good to diversify. Second, um, uh, of course, the importance of the region is more and more uh, visible. Like you have um, half of the world's population is around Indo-Pacific. Half of the, the world population, four billion. And then you have, if you, if you take other things like um, uh, megacities, we have like 30, 35 megacities in the world. Megacities means 10 million and above. And, and 20 of them are in, in that region. And then uh, four or the three of the, the, the three major world economic powers, like the US, number one, uh, like China, number two, Japan, number three, in brackets, number four is Germany, but we're not in the region. So the three biggest uh, economic powers are in that region. And 40% of the gross national product of the world economy is produced there. Plus, you have in the area a very young population and in, in many parts a very well-trained population, a youth, a youth which is eager to contribute to, um, uh, let's say, uh, the, the, the IT sector and to the, to the artificial intelligence and to the world of tomorrow. And you have lots of global challenges which can't be solved without these powers, and especially India, for example, uh, environmental issues, uh, population growth, um, scarceness of, of national resources, all these things. So this all leads to the point that this area, politically and economically, is getting more and more important. So it was, it was clear that we need some kind of a common approach of all our ministries to direct our attention a bit more to this area. I completely understand the rationale behind the focus, as it were. What I'm trying to get at is basically the timing of it, as it were. Is there, is there a specific uh, reason behind this particular timing, or it has been in the um, making for a long time? Uh, what's your sense? No, I, I would say there was not a, a timing. As I said, now it's 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 the, the time to do this. It was right that that as I said, the importance is there, the political importance and the economical importance there. Of course. Germany is a, a world power in, in, in the sense of trading. So we are trade champions. So we need a kind of a free-flowing circulation of goods around the globe. Um, so this is one of our interests, of course. So to watch this as a bystander from far away would be not enough, I guess. It's, it's, it's very legitimate and, and very reasonable that we are getting more in, engaged and involved in all those areas which are important for the protection of goods of the world. If something is, um, let's say, a security threat is happening in, in, in that particular area, it also affects um, the, the welfare and the jobs in our country. So that's why to get more and more um, uh, you know, uh, active in these areas is 
something which was building up and now we've reached this point, um, of course, and we have reached a moment in history where things are not easy because you have the China-American uh, disagreements, then you have another rising of tensions between China and India, and then we have globally um, a kind of a instable uh, atmosphere which which is not conducive to uh, peaceful trade, peaceful international agreements and this kind of, so that's why we thought it's another reason to um, support uh, international uh, multilateralism, cooperation, uh, rule-based behavior and this kind of thing. So it's, it's make your own conclusions why it is at the moment. I tell you it was building up, but this international surrounding was also calling for more support for, for global cooperation and multilateralism. Ambassador, you make it sound clearly very, very benign. So let me sort of try and uh, you know, stir the pot a bit. Uh, and, and, and doing so, let me bring up the real issue here, which is, which is the elephant in the room, China. Um, I mean, the document talks at length about um, rules and norms in the region. And, and it is widely understood that China is the country that is not very keen on abiding by global norms and laws when it comes to the Indo-Pacific. So let me put it to you very, very blunt and plainly. Is this document aimed at China? It is not aimed at China. It is not against any nation. It is a, nation, it is a document for um, multilateral approaches, for diversification. But of course, if we, if we say um, there should not be um, the, the law of the strong or the strength, but it should be the strength of the law, means whoever feels addressed, uh, he's addressed, or the nation is addressed, because there are some uh, developments where some nations think because they are the powerful and they, they rule there, they can dictate um, some international rules. No, you don't do that. So that's why um, uh, it's, it's, you know, come back to the, let's call a spade a spade. China is a, is a, um, a, a, a competitor in systems. He's a, he's a rival in, ours in, in systems. We have a different political system than the Chinese have. But there are other nations in the world as well which have a different system, authoritarian. We, of course, we are a democracy and so is India. And we believe in pluralism, in the freedom of press, freedom of expression, freedom of manifestations. If other nations don't do that, well, it's their decision. But we are favoring those who are obeying to international um, agreements. And that's, that's what it's all about. So that's why we see how can we strengthen the multilateral approach? Can we uh, approach uh, ASEAN states better or the Pacific, uh, the, the RIM Association better, just to, to support them and give them more, more strength when they are dealing with issues where you have another power which is trying to set the rules? Right. You know, someone, someone sitting in Beijing today and reading this document, um, uh, very, very carefully, uh, could potentially interpret this as, um, you know, um, uh, having um, a lot of focus, indirect focus on China as it were. Um, now, China was Germany's most important trading partner in 2019. 
uh, with a volume of almost uh, 200 billion euros. Um, do you think there is going to be any negative impact at all um, um, as far as Sino-German relations are concerned as far as this particular strategy goes? Yeah. I mean, as I said it before also, I mean, you do trade and you, you are trading also with nations which have not the same system as you have. If you only trade with nations which share your own system, democracy and, and, and your own values, then it's very difficult. We have our standards and we have our, we have our ethic values, so we, have, we are not trading with, let's say, North Korea or, or something. But, um, uh, as I said, India is, uh, China is um, a big trading partner of ours. It's not our enemy or something, but it is a competitor and it's a rival in, our, in the system. India is also a competitor in, in uh, economy, but we are not a system competitor. So we have democracy, we have pluralism, we have uh, you know, many, many values which we share together. Now, of course, uh, we, we continue to, to, to trade with China, and, but we also expect uh, certain conditions there which we always bring up when we talk to them. Now, a few days ago, there was supposed to be a direct um, EU-China uh, summit meeting in Leipzig on Monday. It was postponed because of the coronavirus, so they had just an, an, a digital exchange, which means President of the European Union, um, Michel, uh, Michel, uh, from the line, the head of the commission and Angela Merkel, the president of the European Council or Council of Europe. And they had a conversation with um, digital um, exchange. And of course, they were talking about trade, they were talking about multilateralism, they were talking about um, how to deal with uh, uh, environmental things, all this, but also the European side brought up human rights brought up brought up other things. So we are not putting this under the carpet. We are talking about that. And in the press conference, Angela Merkel said, we have talked about many of the things we don't, we didn't share all our um, opinions on, on some of these issues. We lived in Germany 40 years in a separation, you know, Cold War. One side, the, 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 the communist bloc, and the other side, the Western bloc. And we, the Germans, we had total interest to engage in cooperation, small steps, uh, you know, these kind of things. So that's what will always be the DNA of Germany to try to bring two sides, if they are at odds, two sides uh, to, to support um, that those people get together again. Because confrontation we have seen in the Cold War area is not good. And these days, where you have such an amount of uh, atomic and, uh, and chemical weapons on the planet, right. we can't afford this. And what I didn't say before, the, the, the area in the Pacific, of course, has huge challenges. I mean, huge uh, opportunities, but also challenges. And the challenge, one of the challenges is that you have at least three atomic powers in the area. So it's, it's, it's China, it's, it's India, it's Pakistan, and maybe North Korea, they have a, a atomic program or something so they don't talk to each other and they don't talk to each other china exactly. do not talk about nuclear issues so is india pakistan so we are in the, we are in the, you're right absolutely it's a very 
troubled area as it were. You it's know, a troubled area. And I, I think world politics also, you know, if you're in Europe, you see Belarus happens to Navalny and, 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 and what happens in the, in the Crim, uh, Crimea and then what's happened, you know, we, there are so many, in the Middle East you have Iraq and you have Iran and, you know, there are so many uh, potential conflicts everywhere. So um, we don't need an extra one in, in, in the area here. So that's why the less the lesser we got in numbers of conflicts, the better on this planet. So that's why I think we should strive all for uh, having peaceful um, solutions. Right. Ambassador, um, you know, while discussing the rules-based order, the document says that uh, Germany is prepared to promote the enforcement of rules and norms in the region. I'm sure this is going to be music to New Delhi's ears, but uh, I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by the word here, enforcement. What does enforcement of rules and norms mean in this context? Well, that we support all those in the area, in the region, which are for the endorsement of rules, which means in different uh, bodies, regional bodies, there are discussions to um, keep an international um, rule-based order in place. Now, wherever this is happening, you have us on, uh, on their side. And be it in different bodies, G7, G20, in the Security Council, where we sit now, and India will sit next year, so wherever there is a discussion, wherever there is something which touches the, the, the international order of, of, of global multilateralism, we speak up. We have, the Germans and the French, or French and Germans, have brought up this initiative of the alliance of the multilateralists, call it alliance or not alliance, but it is kind of a, um, a body which meets frequently, by the way, in two weeks again, um, and, and, and India is also a member of that, where they discuss to see where in globally is uh, this multilateralism a little bit in danger or could be promoted. And these are one of, the, so this is a diplomatic way of supporting this. Now, if you hint to um, another chapter in the, in the, in the uh, document, which says um, some more security cooperation. So it's not that we would send troops now to enforce uh, legal, uh, legal commitments here, no. But we think it's so important you're, you're that out. Germany will not send uh, as part of its... It's not. I mean, we are members of NATO, we are members of international uh, agreements. What we do is... We see also that, you know, we, we are working together in the United Nations peacekeeping missions. We have 15 peacekeeping missions where Germany is, is working together with India and, and others. And we are already, you know, in, 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 in zones where bullets are, fl are flying, like in Mali and all take the piracy at the Horn of Africa together with India, by the way, a part of this mission. And now if this piracy is a threat also in the Strait of the Moluk, and in this area, then we will see what we can do to help there. You know? So that's why some sort of presence in, in such a context is imaginable. But it's, it's, it's a speculation. It's, it's not about bringing up um, uh, German military in the area. No, it is about uh, our participation in these global uh, endeavors to uh, support the United Nations missions and fight against terrorism 
fight, uh, fight against um, uh, piracy and these kind of things. Right, so um, you made it very clear that the Germany will not be committing troops perhaps to enforce rules and norms in the region or to ensure freedom of navigation, but Germany might commit troops to a NATO mission to do exactly the same. Have I got that right? Yeah, but not in the area. You know, NATO, the, this is all a discussion in, 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 in Brussels, of course, in the NATO headquarters. You know, but we are with NATO, we are in, in different parts of, of, uh, of the world where we, where we are engaged. But so Afghanistan, take the example, so it's not so far from here. So we have, we have been there for quite a long time and, and actively fighting there, but also, but also later on um, training people and training the police and this kind of thing. So we are doing quite a, quite a, quite a lot in this compact. But, but um, uh, so that, that's why if, if this is a need and there's an international decision uh, by a multilateral body, the UN or others, then we and decides where to participate in that. There's no discussion, of course, about anything now in the area. I'm just saying um, uh, we, are, we are seeing that we have to also, if there are some discussions of, of some visits of, 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 of ships or something, we are open to these things. But um, I think the most important thing is to show uh, that we are engaged in the area. And this is mostly through our uh, support to multilateralism, but also to projects. If you read the document, you will see on quite a number of pages very concrete steps. There are like seven or eight different initiatives, and they all have subtitles. So the, the, we will set up now a kind of benchmarks and see how we get through, um, how we get to the to, to, to the goal that we are helping um, those in the area which uh, need some support. Yeah. So this is something not only for India, but this is in all the. I don't know how many countries, 15, 20 countries in the area. Ambassador, how much of a break is this from the past as far as Germany's involvement in the Indo-Pacific region is concerned? Well, I think, as I said, I think we haven't had yet um, a strategy for this area yet. We, were, we had some more, of course, in Europe and then uh, outside Africa, global uh, strategy in Latin America. But not in this area. So insofar, it's something new. It's, yeah. it's something which gives credit to the importance, the growing importance uh, during the last five, ten years of this area. I think it was, it's, it was ripe to do so. So that's why it's new. Uh, but it was, I think it's in time. And as you said rightly, there are other nations in the area who have a strategy, which is like the US or Japan, as far as I know, Australia. Um, and, and the French, but they are Europeans. So I think in this environment, uh, we are with the French together, um, those from the European side who have a, a, a written down kind of policy paper. We might discuss this also in the European Union and see whether we get to something, um, a, a European um, umbrella to the whole thing and, and, and you know, see whether we have also a European strategy. But this is then up to the uh, people in Brussels to, to discuss all this and to see whether it gives some extra value. Right, I mean, um, you, you mentioned uh, uh, Brussels, you mentioned the France. Um, you didn't take uh, um, the, the name of the United States of America even once. In fact, I looked at the document 
The document does not mention, correct me if I'm wrong, does not mention the United States of America even once. Uh, what I'm basically trying to get at is that where does, the, where does, where does Germany see uh, the United States in all of this, in, in, in this ambitious program that you have laid out in that strategy document? Where do you see Washington? Or, or, is, or are we looking at a situation where uh, Berlin is slowly distancing itself from the uh, American uh, views about an international system and uh, um, structures of international cooperation? So the Trump, government, the Trump administration has been uh, basically soft peddling uh, international cooperation as well. I know that's a long question. I mean, to start off with, uh, make no mistake, the Americans are our closest allies. Exactly. As you they rescued us from Hitler, they helped us rebuild Germany, and they were the, 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 the cradle of democracy for us. So for us, the Americans are the closest allies, and we are a NATO partner, no matter who sits in the White House. Right? Now, this document, is not aimed against anyone or not in favor of anyone. It's, it, it is clear that it, it is supporting a system where you don't have one, one power who rules or two powers or where the whole region has to decide do we side with this side or do we side with this side, uh, like you had in the Cold War. You were either in favor of Washington or in favor of Moscow. So it was very difficult to be in. in this is a plaidoyer for multilateralism, for different, for different centers, for different, you know, equals, equals among equals. So this is, that's why, of course, the Americans have a lot of interest here, and they have a presence there, and they have a very global uh, outreach. Of course, and they are our allies, but that document is not playing power politics. It's, it's more, it's, 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 it's a very similar way to, to the Indian approach, I guess, that you have multi different centers, you have a multipolar world, and it's a complex world. It's not a world between white and black, or let's say um, dark and, and, and light. It's not. It's complex. It's these uh, inter-differences between uh, in, interconnections in the globalized worlds. In the digital world and the globalized world, they, they can't be solved with old categories of power politics. We all have to work together. Now, we should do this in the UN, but the UN Security Council is not really um, very representative of the reality of today. So G20 is doing a good job, but you know we have to see that we get some kind of good structure in this in this, in, in this way to deal with these challenges of the world. I have no, uh, I would earn a Nobel Prize if I have the solution of what kind of structure we need, a reformed security council, that would be good help already, um, to, 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 to tackle the challenges which, which we have. You know, the, the, the biggest challenges, you know, apart from the daily issues which we all have in the different countries are it's a perfect storm. It's um, it's global warming. It's the lack of natural resources, and it's population growth. These three um, tendencies lead to a situation where we have in 2100 maybe 12 billion people on this planet, but we have only a planet which is maybe suitable for 10 billion or something. So we will have. Not enough water, not enough food. We will have the mega cities with 40 million people, and and we have uh, air, which, as you can see in New Delhi, doing 
Christmas time, not breathable, and you have, you know, these kind of things, we have to solve them now. If we don't do that, even, even during COVID, these whole challenges continue. It's not that the, that the global warming is not continuing. While we are sitting, it's continuing. And in a few years, you know, Maldives and other countries are in big trouble. Or you have, as, as you see already in, in, in many places, you have uh, uh, hurricanes, typhoons, which are so powerful. And on the other side, you have droughts. We have to focus on these things. And there, it's it's it's... It's just not enough to have a polarized world. We would have to focus more uh, our, 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 our brain cells and our energy to solve these problems than to fight each other. But Ambassador, you mentioned um, um, India in your, in your sort of answer. Um, what, what's your sort of, um, how, how does Germany view India or see India um, in the Indo-Pacific region, playing a role in the Indo-Pacific region? What has been the nature of your conversation uh, with, with officials in New Delhi in this regard, You see, we have a lot of common values with, with the Indian side. And also on the Indian side, no matter who, if it's the Congress or the BGP, same, it doesn't matter who is in Germany and the, the Chancellor. We have a lot of common values, which are based on our respect to, to Mahatma Gandhiji, but also to the way of um, handling things in a peaceful way, um, manifestations peaceful, the, the, the living together of that many religions, of that many cultures. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a challenge which was, you know, done very well in, in India. So this is our, our, uh, our idea of India, a multifaceted, uh, tolerant, democratic place where you have Everyone has an opinion in India, and then it's 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 outing his opinions and can do so and can manifest it. So this is values we have quite a number together. We are also um, together in in, in, in the, with Brazil and Japan in the Security Council, where we where we I mean in the UN Security Council reform, uh, where we want to have an better Security Council. So we see the we see the shortcomings of this Security Council totally. And so we, since 10 years or so, we are working together very closely with the Indians and have shared many um, common um, uh, meetings where we support each other. Um, then India is a very important country for us for economically and, and we also as well. We have 2,000 um, German companies in the country. We have six Goethe institutions. Max Müller institutions. So there's a lot of sympathy in Germany for India. And India uh, considers us as a, a very strong partner in Europe. You know, not only because products which are made in Germany, but also the way of no-nonsense. You know, we're both no-nonsense. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why our Chancellor and, and your Prime Minister, they get along well. They, um, you know, they respect each other of, you know, having serious conversations and no nonsense. Don't beat around the bush. No. Right. Ambassador, I, I was sort of struck by a particular statement in the, in the guidelines. It says, the federal government will work to strengthen the human rights situation in countries of the Indo-Pacific region and to enforce international human rights standards. I'm, I'm sort of 
sort of struck by this word enforcement of human rights if i may ask what, what does that mean there is an explanation given under that um, under that sentence and that and, and that explanation talks about the promotion of human rights but promotion is not enforcement um, so i'm sort of confused what promotion means uh, and what what enforcement means uh, in this particular context and who do you, have, who do you have in mind in the, do you have uh, I, I know recent, during the recent visit of um, um, uh, foreign minister wang yi um, um, the foreign minister of Germany, uh, Mars reportedly raised the issue of human rights with uh, with him. Uh, do you have other other countries in mind? That's okay. Well, I mean, we are not, um, you know, differentiating. This is these are values. The, the European Union is based on values: French Revolution, equal equality, and 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 also the, the the philosophical basis. It's human rights. It's the respect of human rights and having lived through the Holocaust and, and you know, caused the Holocaust in Germany. Our country, Germany, with this um, super black chapter in our history, where, where the Nazis killed more than 6 million Jews and 20 million um, Russians and other Poles and, and other countries. Um, the human rights is, is a very, it's in our DNA now. We, 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 we have to, wherever they are in danger, um, we have to keep a close eye on this. We do this everywhere in, in, in the world, and, and, and in Austria, we are not biased against one country or another country. We try to be objective. Now, when, the, you know, that's why in, in discussions with politicians where it's necessary, you, of course, you mentioned, you, you raised this topic. And, of course, with with uh, Chinese foreign minister when he was in Europe, not only in Germany, but in other countries as well, he, where he met his counterparts, foreign ministers, he was confronted also with some criticism. Criticism concerning Hong Kong, criticism concerning Tibet, criticism concerning uh, minorities, and which is, which is uh, uh, natural that we do this. Maybe sometimes behind closed doors because it's never, maybe not good to do this all the time with a megaphone, but we do this. And and also my foreign minister when he met him, they were also um, raising this and expectedly, of course, the Chinese foreign minister made a replique, which he did in other 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 countries as well. Don't interfere into domestic issues, but well, you know, um, we agree to disagree in this. But uh, as the chancellor also said two days ago, we. We, we talk about this and we have not the uh, same um, uh, points of view in some of these issues. And, but we raise them and I think that's, that's important. Wherever it's necessary, we do that. Right. Um, Ambassador, there is a, um, you know, I think, I think my, my real worry is about uh, the word enforcement. I understand the promotion part of it. I understand the value-based uh, um, advocacy and, and foreign policy. But what does what does enforcement mean? I'm, I'm sorry to sort of push you uh, on this, but it would be good to clarify for, for our viewers. Well, it, it 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 means that you try to make this prevail. International institutions, you help in voting processes, and and if there's some pressure to be done, you know, like if the situation now in in Belarus, how do you enforce this? And maybe you do some sanctions. We will see what we can do. That you know, so do there. So if there are if there's a certain limit or a certain level of violation, which means the international community or the European Union in our case has to react, we do. Then we see where we can have some targeted sanctions and, and this kind of, so there's a whole uh, toolbox of, of things which, which you can do to, to 
put some pressure. And I think that's the point. Right. Ambassador, there, there is a feeling among a lot of uh, analysts um, in the region that from a geopolitical point of view, um, Indo-Pacific is really heating up. Um, and that conflict is inevitable um, in, the, in the years to come. Uh, and, and they particularly blame the Chinese behavior in the South China Sea, uh, now perhaps increasingly um, in, the, in, the, in, in the neighborhood of India, as it were. Um, from, from looking, looking at it from, from Berlin, uh, what is your sense? Is, is, uh, there's a superpower rising in the, in, in the region and that perhaps will set off a lot of uh, developments which, which, which could potentially lead to a certain conflict. Is that, is that a feeling that is shared by um, decision makers and politicians in Berlin or at least by you? What's your sense? Well, I think I will be careful with the sentence, a conflict, as you quoted some think tankers, quoted uh, conflict or what um, conflict is, is inevitable in the area. I mean, that's, that's what we are paid for as diplomats to avoid this, you know, so that's why I think, and that's what you saw, the foreign minister with, with Lavrov and the Chinese foreign minister in, in Moscow, they were talking, they came up with a five-point five paper. I know sometimes it, it seems for, for um, uh, observers, another piece of paper, another here and there, but that's how diplomacy works. That's, that's, that's how we got the wall in Berlin to be teared down, you know. You, you need to talk. You have to have conversation, you have to make compromises, you talk again, and then there's uh, an up and down movement, but nothing is inevitable. No, as, as long as we have good politicians and good people in action, that's, that's what you have to ask them to do. You know, not to polarize, but to find solutions. That's it. Excellency Ambassador uh, Linda, wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like this podcast, please rate and follow us. For regular updates, you can also follow our Twitter handle NSC with HJ or our Facebook page National Security Conversations with Happy Mon Jacob.